and welcome to the Therapeutic Teaching Podcast. I'm Shahana Knight, the founder of TPC Therapy and the creator of the Therapeutic Schools Award and the Therapeutic Teaching Course. And every week I'll be talking about all things related to well-being and mental health in schools. Think of this podcast as your weekly dose of inspirational goodness to go out there and make a real difference in the lives of the children that you're working with. Each week will be full of innovative ideas, inspirational stories, practical guidance and even some freebies so that we can actually redefine what school should be for the children of today. You have so much power to make some real changes so let me show you how. I'm so glad you found me here. Let's jump right in. Hi everyone, and welcome to the second episode of our Therapeutic Teaching Podcast. Today we're going to jump right in and look at what a therapeutic teacher is. So therapeutic teaching and the therapeutic schools approach is something that I've been developing for a number of years and it's something that I'm really passionate about. Helping schools and teachers become more therapeutic in their approaches means that they're really looking at the whole child and what that does is it kind of sets you apart a little bit because it's showing that actually I know what this child or this young person needs in order to flourish in the real world. Now we know that Academically, schools haven't really changed in the last 30 to 50 years. I know that going around schools now, they're really similar to when I was at school. You know, the classrooms are really similar, um, what we're learning is really similar, albeit maybe even a little bit harder. Um, and the general way that we teach, you know, sitting down in chairs, group work, um, teacher at the front, and then, you know, activities, etc., etc., is really, really similar. And what I feel is that actually, academically, we're the same, but in the world, out there, in the actual real world, things are so, so different. You know, we're in a digital age, we're in a technology age. You know, there's so many things that we're not taking into account in our teaching. Yeah, we can teach children how to use an iPad, but that's not quite what I mean. I mean that the children that we're growing, the children that we're helping to evolve into young people, need to have so many more skills than I think we're giving them at school. And the therapeutic teacher fills those gaps. So a therapeutic teacher looks at three things, academic skills and academic achievement, personal skills and personal achievement, and emotional skills and emotional achievement. So it's threefold, which is slightly different to your average teacher. And also it's more intentional. And I think that's the point here. So being a therapeutic teacher is a really intentional way of being with the children, rather than understanding and being aware that mental health is important and inserting that where you can in your role, but not really being very intentional about it. When we're more intentional about something, our outcomes are so much better because we're focused on that thing and we have a goal and we have a, a specific idea for what we want our implement, our influence to be or our um, strategies within school to be or the curriculum to be. You know, so it's more an intentional way of working and it's prescribed. So there's a specific way that you would be a therapeutic teacher. And I'm gonna to touch on that a little bit today. So let's look academically first. So we know that children that come into school aren't always academically bright. Yeah, so we're not all going to be brilliant at maths, we're not all going to be brilliant at English. And yet the school system kind of um, 
makes children have this belief that they've got to do really well academically in order to be successful. And that's a really skewed belief of the reality that's out there in the real world. So when we're in school, as much as we know, and as much as it doesn't really feel right, even when you're working in a school, that you know we make children do all the learning and then do a test and then do um, and then they're you know the scored of, of the, the school's kind of outcomes as a whole, etc. etc. All of those things feeds in this narrative that you have to reach these milestones and be able to do these certain things in order to be successful in life. And I've done so many groups with children, year five and year six, as part of something that I do called the Happiness Project. And it's where I go in and teach things that aren't actually being taught on the curriculum. And as part of those discussions, so many times children have said to me, especially when we're doing our SAT stress busters or our stress uh, our stress busters, and um, they say, well, I feel like I'm not good enough you know, because um, I've got to do really well in maths. If I don't do really well in maths, then I'm not gonna get into the school that I want to, and I'm not gonna get the job that I want to. And these are kids in year five and year six, and it's ingrained in them, even if that's not the school's ethos, it's ingrained in them because of the processes that the school has. And that really needs to change. Now, we can't necessarily change the government's guidelines on doing tests, but what we can do is change the narrative within our school. And we can change the mindset that the children have within our school. And that's part of being more therapeutic. So it's looking at Jack who comes into school who, you know, isn't great at maths. And every math session he gets frustrated and he gets down and he's got all of these beliefs coming up in his head, you know, I'm not good enough, I'll never be good at maths, I always get the low grades, um, you know, my brother is better than me, my peer next to me is better than me, I'm in the low group, all of these thoughts around how this child isn't good enough at maths. And that then is going to start this train reaction of, okay, well, if I'm not good at maths, that means I'm not going to pass the test. And if I don't pass the test, that means I might not be able to be, um, I don't know, a psychologist, and I've always wanted to be a psychologist, or whatever the narrative is. Our job is to change that and our job is to be aware that those thoughts are starting to develop in all of the children in our care. And the biggest thing that you can do to look at their academic achievement is to focus on what they're really, really good at. So yeah, we want the children to do really well. They're only going to do really well if they believe that they can. And that's our biggest battle. How can we get them to believe that they can do really, really well? That's number one. So it's changing the belief system and changing the thought process rather than changing their academic skill set. And that's a really big difference. So for example, it's looking at the children and thinking, well, what is it about you that actually is really, really special? Yeah, maybe this child isn't great at maths, but maybe they're phenomenal at English, or maybe they're really creative. And actually, it can get even further than that. It's not just about telling the children what they are really good at academically. It's about picking out what they're really good at generally. So, you know, you might have a child sat down in maths getting really frustrated, very hot, very flustered. And actually, you know that one of their biggest skill sets is um, understanding other people's feelings and being empathetic. Well, actually, that is what could set them apart in the world, in the real world. And we all know, we've all experienced that those friends when we're at university or when we're in college um, where, you know, you always had that one friend who just did amazingly well, no matter what. Yeah, they always got really good grades. And, you know, you might know people who got a first at university or who always got A's all the way through school or ones, however we're scoring it now. Um, and 
you look at that person and you go, oh God, they're just everything that they do is just perfect. They can do everything really well. They're so academic. Now, society would have you believe that that means that that child or that person, young person, is going to do really well. But that's not true. So I know from my own experience that I had friends who did phenomenally well at school and they all got really great grades and some of them got firsts. But they now, in the real world, have no clue what they want to do. They're still figuring it out. They're still not sure because nobody taught them what their skill set was, what their true unique skills were. They didn't know that they were super creative. They didn't know that they were brilliant at telling stories. They didn't realize they were great at people and relationship building. So they didn't home into that skill. And that's a real shame because I believe we're all put here on the world with our own special unique skill set and that's what makes us important and vital contributors to the world. So you might have a child in your class who is amazing at understanding other people and can just make friendships really, really well and is really great at keying into other people's feelings and making them feel better. That's their unique skill set and actually that's what's going to set them apart. They could get A's all day long, but if they didn't have that skill set, would they flourish? Probably not. And that's where we're going wrong. We're not teaching our children what they're truly, truly good at. So they're not getting that self-belief around that skill set, which is going to help them in the real world. And the truth is, you know, you can go all the way through school and do A, 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 and do, choose to do English because, you know, you've got A's all the way through English. So that must mean that you're great at English. So I'll be, um, I'll do literature. But what if you're miserable doing literature? What if it doesn't excite you? What if it's not something that you're really passionate about? Are you truly going to flourish in your career if you don't feel it in your heart? You're not. And we're not teaching our kids that. We're not saying to our children, okay, forget English. You tried really hard. It just doesn't come easy to you. Do the best you can. And if you get a C, fine, you get a C. You've done the very best. And actually your lesson in all of that was how do you persevere? How do you keep going? How do you try and be the best that you can be when you know that it's not quite your thing? That's the lesson. It's not what you get in English. There's so many more lessons around why maybe English isn't your thing that can make you a better person. But look, you are so phenomenally great at storytelling. You're fantastic at thinking about the narrative around a story. And when you talk to people, it brings it all alive. So why don't you make that your focus? If we can teach children that, then suddenly you've got somebody who goes out there and maybe does videos and maybe does vlogs and maybe um, does all these different ways of storytelling that we can weave into our lives. It has nothing to do with English. It's not that he's to go and be a writer. It might be that this child's got skills that he can weave into all other areas and suddenly he's got a business where the core of the business is storytelling. Amazing. That child knows how to utilize their own academic skill set to flourish. That's what we need to do more of, and I think that's what we're missing. The second point is personally. Personally, what is it that makes them unique? So okay, we know academically what they're good at, and we know that they can sort of move them into that, and we need to highlight that. But also personally, you know, so it's building on what I've just said and saying to the children, okay, so you as a person are fantastic at solving problems. You as a person are amazing at being funny. Great, okay, school's really tricky. Well, school's really tricky for lots of people. That doesn't mean that you're never gonna succeed, but you're funny. You love making people laugh. That's something that brings you alive. And actually, if we can focus on what makes them personally flourish, then that's the key to what's gonna make them successful. 
Too many of us are in jobs that we don't even like just because it makes money for us. Too many people are in situations where they absolutely feel trapped but they stay in that cycle because what's the alternative? What can they do? And we need to teach our children while they're young, while they're taking in those messages, that they can be anyone they want to be. And really the key is to find out what makes you happy and do that. Does working with children make you happy? Do that. Does making people laugh make you happy? Do that. And all of the jobs out there are, they're so different now. You know, you can have a child who completely, absolutely and utterly doesn't do well at school, but they can literally step out of school in year six and set up a YouTube channel and be extremely influential and make absolutely tons of money. They could also set up an Instagram page and do the same thing. And they don't need maths to do an Instagram page. They don't need English particularly. They just need them. Whatever it is about them that makes them unique, whether that is being funny or storytelling or creativeness, or whether it's solving a problem in the world, like how to support children with anger, how to parent, whatever it might be that's got nothing to do with what they're learning academically. So we've got to key in on what makes them them and tell them so that they're personally able to figure out what it is that is their special talent. I've met so many people in business along the way who you say to them, well, what is your, what's your thing? You know, what makes you unique? What's your um, reason for being here? And people go, I don't know what, I don't know what my path is. I've not found it yet. And what they're missing is that it's that thing that makes you happy. Do you love to cook? There it is. Do you love to garden? There it is. It doesn't have to be academic. And then the final thing is emotionally. And this is the most important so we focus so much energy and time in school on teaching children about um, what they need to learn, but also about their behaviour. So we pull out their behaviour so often to so stop shouting out, stop running down the corridor, you know, don't argue with so-and-so, don't fight with so-and-so, and we try and correct that behaviour. And what we're missing in all of that is the emotions. And actually, one of the key things that makes us um, flourish in life and makes us successful in life is understanding our own emotions and the emotions of others and that's emotional intelligence now I'll probably do a session on emotional intelligence at some point but just to sort of strip it right back emotionally intelligent people are able to acknowledge their feelings in real time so I'm feeling really angry and I'm feeling really angry because I've not slept and I really need my sleep and so I'm more irritable today which is why I'm snapping at so-and-so and a person who doesn't have emotional intelligence will go, I'm really angry because of you. And that is a real distinctive skill set that we're not teaching our children in school enough. And actually, if we focused more time and energy teaching them about themselves emotionally, we would actually have children who are ready to go out there and, and battle things in the world and succeed in the world because they get it. They get themselves, they get other people, and they can navigate in the world in a social way. And if we think about, again, those people who did really well academically and came out of education with A's and you know got a first at university, if those people are not emotionally intelligent, but they're very academic, they're not going to do very well unless they're in an environment where it is purely academic. So, for example, you know, you might have done psychology, you might have come out, you might have got all A's, you might have got a first, and then you might be thinking, but I don't really connect with people. I don't feel like I can talk to people. I struggle in social situations. Then you're not going to do very well. I get angry and I don't know how to control it. The difference between somebody who can navigate in the real world and actually do really well, and also to give to society, to contribute to society, 
is a person who is emotionally intelligent. They can notice when they feel certain feelings. They know what those feelings are and what they're called. They also know where they've come from, why they're even there, and they recognize all of those things in other people. That is the key. And we miss that so much in education. And that is one of my biggest driving forces whenever I work with a school or a teacher to help them to start to learn how to unpick this skill set around really pulling out feelings. And it's not just about going, he's angry, he's sad. It's really about getting in there and going, why is this child so angry? What is it that's going on inside that child that makes them feel this angry that they're going to pull down a display? Rather than, you've just pulled down a display, you need to put all of that back and go and have detention. One of those ways of working is keying into the child and connecting and truly understanding the cause for the behaviour and seeing the behaviour as a symptom rather than... Um, the cause and the reason and the thing that we have to fix. So this is a symptom of the real reason. The real reason is the feeling. That's a therapeutic teacher. The alternative is that we're focused so much on the behaviour and trying to correct the behaviour that we completely miss that there's a feeling even there. So we're just teaching children that there's a cause and effect. If you behave this way, this is what happens. Or if you behave this way, people will reject you. Or if you behave this way and have this feeling, nobody cares about your feeling. All they care about is that you've just ripped down a display and you better go and pick it up. And that is a serious gap in our education system right now. And there's still far too many schools focusing on all of the behavioural incidents and forgetting about the feeling. So a therapeutic teacher is super skilled at understanding those feelings and they can pick those feelings out like that. So they go around the classroom, okay. Sarah's in today. Sarah's got her head down on the table. She looks anxious. She looks a little bit nervous. She looks really tired. I wonder why. Well, we know Sarah's struggling at home. We don't know all the details, don't know exactly what's going on, but she's definitely struggling at home. Maybe something's happened this weekend. Maybe she's just feeling like she's not very good, um, good enough. Maybe she's feeling devalued or not loved and she's feeling a bit withdrawn today. Okay, so Sarah's just had an argument on the playground now with Tilly and I'm more informed about why that is. So I can go over to Sarah and say to Sarah, Sarah, you're feeling really overwhelmed today. You're feeling a little bit anxious, like nobody cares about you. That's why you've had an argument with Tilly. Instead of, Sarah, you've just had an argument with Tilly. We do not have arguments in school. You've sworn we don't swear. You need to get yourself to detention. You need to apologise or you need to sit there or here's a red card or whatever it might be. Both of you write down what happened. It's totally missing the point, completely missing the point. And you're not developing that child in any way, shape or form. All you're doing is reinforcing that you don't get it and that you don't care. And she already believes that. Instead, therapeutic responses will help that child to develop themselves and their emotional intelligence. Oh, okay, so the teachers acknowledge that I'm overwhelmed. I am feeling overwhelmed. This weekend, dad was drunk, mum and dad had arguments, everything was volatile, the police came round, it was really, really difficult. I am feeling overwhelmed. You're feeling like um, you're undervalued. Yeah, I do. Nobody listens to me at home. I have to feed myself. I'm not taken care of. I've got to take care of the younger ones. So all of that, even if you had no idea any of that was going on, she feels validated. She feels understood. She doesn't want to fall out with Tilly. That's not her intention. Her intention is to be happy and she isn't. So that is where our focus should be. So that's the difference between a normal teacher response and a therapeutic teacher response. And I spend so much time and energy teaching teachers how to develop those responses and how to start to understand those responses and 
learn all of those three different elements. So not just academically, personally, and emotionally. And that's what makes a therapeutic teacher. So where can you start with all of this? Now, obviously, this goes into so much detail if you were to do one of my courses. I'm just giving you an overview of the difference, but I also want this podcast to be helpful and I want you to be able to take away some of these things that you've learned and start to implement some changes. So I've got two key things for you here that you can do as a result of literally pressing stop and going into school today. Um, The first one is to start picking out children's talents and telling them. So if you have a child who you can see is really struggling with maths, let them know that maths is not the be all and end all of the world. And it really doesn't actually matter if they can't do it. Obviously tell them that the biggest thing they can do is to try and trying is the only thing that's going to help them. You know, at the end of the day, you might not be amazing at maths. However, I am really proud of you because you don't give up. You continue to try and that's all we can do. We're not all brilliant at everything. In fact, I was really rubbish at maths. And you know what? I still use maths now and then in my work, but it hasn't stopped me. It hasn't held me back. But what you're really, really good at is relationships. You've got amazing friendships. You've got amazing, amazing wit. People love to hear your stories, whatever it might be. And just highlight that every time it comes up. So, you know, they're in the playground, they've all come in, they're really happy. And one of the kids is laughing so much because this young person, let's call this young person Chris, has been telling jokes on the playground. And actually, you know that the child that's telling you has been had a really, really tricky weekend. And so Chris has helped that child feel better. Tell Chris, say to Chris, you know what, Chris, you're an amazing friend. You really make people laugh. You make them feel so good. And I know that so-and-so has had a really tough weekend because he told us all this morning, didn't he? You've made him feel so much better. That is one of your superpowers. In fact, make it a thing. Tell the children what their superpower is. Have a display that says, our superpowers, do a circle time session on. It's not all about academic achievements. We all struggle with certain things. Hands up. What do you struggle with? Maths, yeah, me too. You struggle with writing and spellings. Oh my God, me too. You struggle with this and that. Pull it out of the children. Let them share their vulnerabilities and let them see that everybody feels the same way. We all have things that we're not good at. We all feel low about ourselves with certain parts of school and that's really normal. And then tell them their superpower. Your superpower is amazing listening. Your superpower is creativity. Your superpower is math. You're amazing with numbers. You're amazing at problem solving. And even maybe find people who are really influential celebrities who the children know who were rubbish at the same things they're not very good at and still did amazingly well. So I don't know. Um, here's Albert Einstein. Albert Einstein was told by these number of people that he wasn't very good at this, this, this. Actually was rubbish with this, this, this. But look what he did. He did this, this, this. And just make it into a lesson. That is such a valuable lesson. And that is a therapeutic lesson for these children that's going to help them forever in their life. Far, far, far better than saying I know you can't really do maths very well but come on we've got to try we've got to try we've got to try so much better the second thing is starting to really pick out feelings for your children as much as you can do not be afraid to tell the children how they feel even if they're in the height of anger and I will do another session on this and if you want to learn more about this in more detail you can take my course which I'll link at the bottom however the biggest and first step is just noticing feelings 
acknowledge that children probably don't know how they feel. They probably don't know the names for those feelings. So go out, write a huge list of different feelings and just tell the kids. You're feeling overwhelmed, you're feeling tired, you're feeling frustrated, you're feeling angry, you're feeling cross. And do that before you pick out the behaviour, before you say you've ripped down the display, you've kicked the bin, you've you've punched so-and-so in the face. Just pick out their feelings. That is going to start to give them all of this amazing insight into what that feeling is doing to them, why they feel that way. And if you want to extend it even further, tell them how the feelings impacted their behaviour. You were feeling really, really angry. That's why you've had an argument. You were feeling extremely frustrated. That's why you don't want to do your work. And continuously do that as much as you possibly can. Let me know how it goes if you do. I would love for you to comment. We're about to open a Facebook group. Join our Facebook group and write some of the things that you've learned from doing these things in your day-to-day -day routine. I would love to hear about them. Anyway, that wraps up our session for today. Thank you so, so much for listening. And I'll make sure that there's some links below to help you if you want to look into this further or you want to try and do this as a bit of a challenge for yourself. All right, guys. Bye for now. I hope you've loved this week's episode of the Therapeutic Teaching Podcast. If you want more help and support to become a therapeutic teacher, but don't know where to start, then head to tpctherapy.co.uk and enrol in my free course now and get started.